Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I am in a hotel. And I am a movie from 2010 starring Steve Carell and Tina Fey. How are you doing, my good friend Daniel, who also hosts this show? Um, I'm great. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm working very hard. It's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, My first day at the new job we had let's see we rang out 159 customers and today which is sunday as we record uh i think we did about 100 so very very busy i have no grasp for any kind of concept of that um at the old store that i worked at we like on our busiest days we would average like 40 to 50 slips ran fucking yikes so all, all i see is dollar signs flying by I, yeah i believe it yeah i'm shit i'm sitting very well monetarily right now you and me and uh parts of the country but not not all of the country which is unfortunate that's why i have to make sure to donate as much as I can to live stream for the cure. Perfect segue. Good job, friend. I'm real proud of you. So, uh, live stream for the cure. Uh, our segment is actually on Thursday, May 28th. Uh, and our segment will be a cautionary tale of Netflix for undercover grandpa. Because fantastic. Fuck, because fuck you. <laughs> Caleb, not you, the listener. Uh, so I, I came up with like a last second giveaway idea. So if you're listening to this, uh, Head over to twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys. Hang out in the chat. Uh, if you feel like donating, donate. Uh, every do- uh, For donations greater than $5 uh, that you give during our segment, uh, we're going to put your name into a raffle thing. And then uh, we're going to raffle off a criterion of either uh, Roma, Marriage Story, The Irishman, or Atlantics. You get to pick whoever the winner is. So... We're going to have six and a half raffles. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, uh, that joke is still funny to me. It's still, it's still funny today. I actually just watched uh, Interdim- Interdimensional Cable <laughs> Part 1 yesterday. Because I was like, I need something garbage and bullshit today to throw I'm on. Today I'm going to steal some regular office supplies. A couple of these, a little bit of this. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> All right, we made it back to the secret lair where none of the people <laughs> whose stuff we stole found us. <laughs> oh, fuck. That show is so dumb. It is. Uh, what else is new with you? That's it. Uh, that's really going to take up my week is live stream for the Cure stuff. I've been slowly 
working through getting people and their tech setups all good to go and making sure that everyone's fine. I, I think one person had an issue so far, and their issue was they just didn't have the right mic selected. So mm. uh, once once that was fixed, it was like, oh, okay. But otherwise, uh, if you're somebody who is doing live stream for The Cure and you haven't reached out to me, you only have a very limited window to do such a thing. So please, for the love of God, reach out to me. Come on. Let the boy <laughs> help you get ready. I know, right? We, we want your segment to go as long as possible. We don't want you to start off time. We, like, we want you to be on time, ready to go, not like 10 minutes into your segment. We finally figured out your tech issues. Like, yes, most people are going to be plug and play, ready to go. Yeah. But some people are going to be uh, very difficult. Speaking of figuring out our issues, it's time for our time-honored segment of What's Your Swell? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! What do you got, friend? Well, as a going-away gift, my uh, former co-workers got me a... A uh, very nice bottle of Lagavulin 16-year scotch. God damn, look at them. So uh, I am savoring that. Wow, that's, that's, that's a fucking gift. Yeah. I got each of them a bottle of something, mm. and they all chipped in and got me a, a really good bottle of one thing. Well, there you go. It was, it's, um, it's interesting because we had like four birthdays in our payroll department within like the last like two weeks which is crazy to me, but they're like, they all buy each other wine, and it's like, that's fine. Uh, I'm not a wine person. So they're like, uh, so what do we get you? I'm like, I don't, I don't fucking care. Get me whatever you want. Give me a Chipotle gift card. I, I, I'll use that. Oh, um, when you come and visit me, there we have a Chipotle here. <gasps> Yay! As does, <laughs> Well, actually, I was going to say, <laughs> as does every place, but then I was like, oh, wait, your old place. Not, too. yeah. We had to Not go to Sheets any of the, the the like seven counties around me where I lived. So. I know. You you figure they would they would they would pull one Chipotle somewhere, yeah. like maybe even Clarion. You know the place where the college kids are. Right. What are you having, friend? Uh, I dug back into that giant bottle of Eagle Rare Bourbon that I bought during quarantine. Mmm. And I threw a, an ice cube into it. Uh, in order to make it last a little bit longer and to uh, remove a little bit of the harshness, because I'm uh, I'm not always down with the harshness or the sickness. So, yeah, that was a bad attempt at a disturbed joke. I don't know why I did that. Um, I was down with your humor. I just need to talk about this for a minute. On my way out here on Friday. Yes, please. Like when I came out for my interview. Uh, I, I went west and then south, so, like, I went the whole way to Ohio and then, like, south the whole way to my destination. But, like, rather than do that, like, when I came down on Friday, because um, I went and, like, visited my parents first, mm -hmm. so it took me down Route 28. Oh, and, no. Uh, like, I realized I was heading directly into Pittsburgh. Oh, no. Um, And I, like... Tried to skirt around it and find like a side road, but the GPS just kept saying like, "Make a U-turn, make a U-turn." Yeah, get back on twenty-eight, you fucking idiot. So, so after twenty minutes of dicking around, I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna have to lean into it." 
and uh, went straight through Pittsburgh and ended up, for the first time in my life, having to cross the fucking Fort Pitt Bridge. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's a... F- <laughs> <laughs> the one part of Pittsburgh that I've always tried my best to avoid. We're going to talk about the Fort, the Fort Pitt Bridge real quick. So uh, for those of you Pittsburgh listeners, or non-Pittsburgh listeners who don't give a shit about this, uh, skip forward to news. So funny story about that. Uh, we, my mom, my sister, and my brother were going to Europe for like two weeks on vacation. Uh, during which time I never had a better relationship with my father. But the, but I'll get to that uh, at a later point uh, when Paul talks about my psychological state. Uh, so <laughs> we're we're driving under the tunnel, and I'm 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 able to, uh, I'm able to drive at this point. But my mom is driving because she's like, I want to drive this. I know how to do this. So we we get up to oh, that no. point. We get up to that point, and like my brother's hiccuping a bit, like during this section. And my mom, my mom just starts freaking out, like, "Shut up, shut up! I can't, I can't with you people. Shut up, shut the fuck up! I'm trying to drive through this." And then my brother's still hiccuping, and she's like, "You shut the fuck up! You are the most annoying child in the family. Like they're about to go to a fucking flight <laughs> together." <laughs> Okay, let me let me tell you about the Fort Pitt Bridge. It's five lanes. I, I think, think it, I think it's four, but the way you think, come okay. over, you come yeah. you come across like six. Well, it's yeah, it's uh, it's like dub, a double four lane. Like there's four lanes going one way, four lanes going the other well, on this bridge, and they're stacked and on that, each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and. It's what would you say about a hundred yards long, maybe a hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah, and it, like, it's not too long. So, at the end of the bridge, like each of the lanes splits off onto a different fucking like raised fucking turning road, um, and goes to a completely different fucking location. Yep. So you have to figure out how to get into like from the lane you come in on. You have to figure out how to get into the lane that you're going in to to get to where you want to go uh and you have about 30 seconds to make this decision and everybody is going 70 miles an hour <laughs> and no one will let you over so you have to <laughs> you have to judge will i if i cut this person off will they kill me <laughs> or you just have to kill them first yeah it's uh it's a fucking disaster i don't yeah. know who determined this road was I... the proper way to go <laughs> I fucking love Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's, Pittsburgh's so fucking stupid, and I love it. I do too. But we have there's so many bridges, and, and my dad always would say, if you're crossing a bridge to go anywhere, you're probably you probably shouldn't go to that place in the first place. And unfortunately, you had to cross two bridges to get to where you had to go. I don't know. I like the Clemeny Bridge. I mean, that's the best bridge. I've never driven over it, but I've walked over it many times. Yeah. I mean, that's tradition for me, going to, like, walking across the Clemente Bridge to PNC Park. Yep. And uh, there's the sax man that hangs out there, and I always give him $5. Uh, So, quick funny story about that guy. My dad actually knows his sax instructor. No shit. He played, played like, I think it was the wedding band with him. And he was like, he was just talking about the sax guy on the bridge and, you know, the sax player in the band's like, oh, I know him. Next time you see him, 
tell him I say, you know, he, he's got to work on a lot of stuff still. Like he's 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 not as polished as he used to be. Yeah, he's not great at sax, but no. he's uh, you know, he does it. He does it. He's so out my there dad, earning a living. Being a Brennick, aka being a shit stirrer. <laughs> when we walk across the bridge the next time, he tells oh, that fuck. to the guy. Like he 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 gets the guy's attention. The guy actually stops playing and like yells something at my dad. And, <laughs> and my dad just keeps moving. Jesus Christ! It was it was one of those things. I'm like, are, is this man gonna throw his saxophone at us? Like, are we are we gonna, are we gonna die? He just like pushes a key on the saxophone and a gun pops out and he just shoots your dad dead. Yeah, he's Wolfwood. Yeah. What was the It was uh Mid Valley the Horn Freak on Trigon. That's it, Mid Valley that the was Horn the, Freak. That was the music guy. Man, that show's so fucking good. We went from the Fort Pitt Bridge to Wolf uh, to Mid Valley the the Horn Freak. So there we go. We 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 covered the spectrum. Yeah, speaking of the spectrum. Your your dad sounds like a delight. Sometimes. Uh let's <laughs> Let's move on to news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Uh, Gentified is renewed for a second season. That's it. Uh, I haven't seen this show, but uh, congrats, I guess. The <laughs> show actually did spend some time in the top ten. So, like, I remember Nick when talking when, like, when they first debuted the top ten, like, showing in the client, like, all right, what's going to be the first thing that hits the top 10 that isn't going to get renewed? Uh, and I thought maybe this had that chance because, like, I didn't hear a lot of buzz about it. Like, no one was really talking about it. But apparently enough people watched it in order to, you know, get it renewed for a second season. Yeah. Uh, also, Netflix has been reaching out to inactive accounts and determining whether or not to cancel the accounts for the customers. Uh, this is really cool. Instead of just taking free money, they're they're uh, reaching out to people and saying, "Hey, you haven't used this in fifteen months. Do you, are you okay? Do you not want this?" Yeah, and uh, they didn't really say you know what they're con- like constituting as an inactive account, but uh, who this is pro consumer. And I saw some people online being like. This is this is a dumb decision from Netflix, and I'm just like, are you a corporate bootlicker? Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, there was um, I was reading about this a little bit, and there was one example where like, it was an older lady who like didn't realize that she had an account still, and like it had been billing her for like twelve or fifteen months, mm. and they just refunded her the whole thing. Like, they had been like collecting payment on it. But uh, right. she hadn't used it, so they, they refunded the whole amount that she had paid for, like, that time period. Right, like, they, they, they can see that she hasn't used it, so they're like, oh, we know you're not, you know, trying to swindle us out of money. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't understand. There's no negatives to this. Like, Netflix gets yeah. some goodwill from people being like, oh, well, Netflix is canceling account. Like, it's a few hundred thousand accounts. Which ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, I think they're at 180 pay, 180 million paid subscriptions. That is a fraction of a percent of their customer base. They don't really need this money. All this does is promote, like, hey, we're reaching out. Do you still want to use this account? Like, is is this something you still want? 
And maybe they'll be like, yeah, and then they'll go watch things and actually continue to use the account and stay as a subscriber. Or you'll get the scenario where, like, no, I definitely don't want this. I thought I canceled it. I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for reaching out. Regardless, they're building goodwill. And this, mm-hmm. that is only a positive thing. Uh, that's the news. This is very light news week this week. I don't know what to tell you guys. I'm sorry. Uh, that'll move us over to Downstream, where we talk about some trailers for some upcoming Netflix material. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Alright, first up is the trailer for Five Bloods, a Spike Lee joint. Uh, so I don't think I've actually ever seen a Spike Lee joint, or movie, or whatever you want to call it. I've always been interested in his work, but I don't think I've seen anything that he's done either. That being said, I'm definitely going to watch this. It looks actually really good. Well, damn straight you are. This is a topic. Well, no, but I mean, like, I would choose to. Yes, I would also choose to, which is why I made it a topic. (laughs) No, but um, I... This is going to sound weird because I don't know Spike Lee as a human being, uh, but, like, I know him from, like, SportsCenter clips from him sitting courtside at Knicks games and just being an animated jackass. Uh, <laughs> I think so- he's one of those people that, like, he he could, like, he's been in the game long enough that, like, he could move into mainstream films and stuff, but, like, mm-hmm. he's aggressively independent. Like, he's one of those, uh, like, he kept his indie cred and, like, didn't sell out for that yeah. sweet cash. And now he's doing... Netflix stuff, which is about as mainstream as you can get. That's true, but I don't know. There's a lot of net Netflix pretty much runs the gamut. Yeah. Of content. So I don't know. Like you'll you'll get like super indie stuff that no one's ever heard of, and then you'll also get like your extractions and that kind of stuff. But yeah. uh to talk about the movie itself, uh it's an interesting concept. Basically, uh five black GIs go or former GIs go back to Vietnam. Uh, uh, to, it's actually, I think, four of them. The the fifth blood was their like commanding officer that died, and like they buried him there with a bunch of fucking like treasure. Yeah, that they're looking for. So, oh yeah, now now that I'm looking at the the trailer image, it's Jonathan Majors, who I'm going to assume is one of their sons. Uh, Jonathan yeah. Majors was in the last Ma- uh, the last black man in San Francisco, which is on Amazon Prime. You should all watch it because I think it's a great movie. But regardless, uh, this looks interesting. Like it's com- it's mixing timelines. Uh, it also looks like some archival footage also being spliced in there as well. And it's also tackling like the fact that you know you had black GIs in Vietnam. Meanwhile, like the civil rights movements going on back home, and so the Viet Cong were kind of using that, being like, "Why are you fighting for the whites who don't give a shit about you?" Well, like. Why why are you trying to fight this war? AKA the exact same reason why Muhammad Ali didn't want to get drafted or and didn't right. participate in the Vietnam War. Well also Muhammad Ali um converted to Islam and became a pacifist, so he can do both. I guess he can he can both be a pacifist <laughs> and, you know, say fuck you to to white people. Well, that's true. In fact, he probably should. So yeah, uh, other than Jonathan Majors, it also has Chadwick Boseman, which, uh, cool. Uh, yeah. I would like to see him in things other than Black Panther, 
and uh, things that are not the 21 Bridges. Yeah. Anyway, circling back to our uh, topic of mainstream and selling out, uh, Space Force is a series. You know, I was really excited for this, and then I watched the trailer, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. I don't think this is going to be very good. You know what this reminds me of? Do you remember the movie The Men Who Stare at Goats? No. I'm aware, I know of it, but I don't, I've never seen it. It was with George Clooney and I think Jeff Bridges and uh, J.K. Simmons, I think, was also in it. But it was about, like, uh, basically the MK Ultra, like, um, the fucking secret plan to create, like, psychic super soldiers to take out the Soviets. Right. Uh, so, there... <laughs> the, the title comes from... There was one guy who said that he could fucking... Uh, psychically like knock out a goat it was like one of those feigning goats and like they like he just looked at it real hard and it fell over but uh the movie's fucking ridiculous this reminds me of that Mm -hmm. where it's something that like you would think was really good and funny and clever and then you watch it and it's not Hmm. that yeah I mean, like, they, they tout it as coming from the guys who did The Office, and this seems about as far from Which The guy, Office. This is important. Which guys? Uh, Greg Daniels <laughs> and Steve Carell. That's who, that's who their main selling points are for this. Now, I want to point out, Michael Schur, I think that's how you say his name, was a, a main creative force on The Office, and then went on to make Parks and Rec, and then mm-hmm. went on to make... Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not Parks and Rec. He made The Good Place. And then he also did Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So, uh, I feel like Netflix possibly got the wrong guy in terms of creative forces for The Office. But regardless, uh, I mean, I'm gonna watch it. I mean, it's gonna be the biggest thing that hits Netflix next week, so. Uh, May 26th, uh, everyone's like, if this isn't number one for at least five days, I'm going to be shocked. Yeah, you're not wrong. Our next trailer is for a series called Sweet Magnolias, uh, a feel-good comedy about middle-aged white women. Don't forget their middle-aged black woman friend, too. Yeah, can't forget her. Um, their, their diversity higher, I guess. I don't know. It it does, it does feel like that. Cause I didn't think, I don't think I saw a single other black character in that trailer. Hard pass on this one from Jaboy. Yeah. Uh, it's already out. So like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think the trailer got released same day as this got, as this got put out. So, uh, if so, yikes, cause that's typically a bad sign. Yeah, that's usually a sign of uh, no second season. Our, our next trailer is for The Last Days of American Crime. It's, uh, it's a heist movie about uh, the American government's finally time, tired of crime, so they're sending out a countrywide signal that will stop people who commit crimes by killing them with brainwaves and shit. So these guys <laughs> are going to commit a crime on the, 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 the day that the brainwave things happen. <laughs> uh, 
That is the best fucking explanation of anything ever. Um, That's the movie, though. (laughs) I don't know. It it seems like kind of an interesting concept, but it's going to be one of those things that, like, it's too high concept for its own good. Yeah. No, I'll agree to that. Because, like, I watched this and, like, this is a cool concept, but then it's just, like, uh, it feels like you're going to need to, like, explain away so much in this movie in order to get through it. It's going to be just like Six Underground. Man, you remember that fucking movie? I don't either. Um, where, like, like it's this fucking high-concept, like, hijinks. But then, like, they get to the part where they have to explain why things are happening. And Ryan Reynolds just looks at the camera and goes, fucking magnets. Yeah. How do they work? <laughs> So yeah, uh, I will probably check this out. Probably not on the week of release, but I will probably check it. I think this comes out next Friday. I think this is uh, competing with Space Force, so this might okay. get buried. But uh, I will probably check this out in time for not next week's episode, but for the week after. Okay. Next up is the trailer for The Old Guard, uh, a movie that proves that Charlize will do just about any fucking thing that people offer her. Listen, listen here, you son of a bitch. You don't talk bad about Charlize at all, ever. That woman has only done one bad role, and it was in Fate of the Furious. Now you shut up. <laughs> I don't know, it just seems like she fucking does most anything. I don't, I don't know, like... I don't know, like, I guess... In a way, that's a nice thing that, like, she didn't go, like, super hoity-toity art house whenever she made it, you know what I mean? Like, she'll just do fun, dumb shit. Uh, This is about, I guess, zombies, or just, like, Highlanders, who uh, are, like, time soldiers. We've been soldiers. We're we're Wolverine, and we fought in every war. (laughs) I was gonna say they are they are the opening montage of X Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> yes, that is exactly right. I don't know, like I'm I'm intrigued. It comes out in July. Looks fine. Like that's the weirdest part is this yeah. comes out in six weeks, which like they're really banking on this to be a thing. Yeah, this is uh, fi- well, there's gonna be no summer blockbusters this year, so this is it. I mean, we'll see. People, uh, places are starting to open up. I don't know whether or not that's uh, necessarily wise. But I don't think that people are going to go back to the movies once things open back up. Not for several months. By that time, Wave 2 is happening. Yeah. By that time, maybe fucking DC Universe will come up with a good movie. Uh, Shazam was fine. Aquaman was good. We're getting, uh, Wonder Woman we're getting was Justice good. League director's cut. I'm dancing because I'm very excited about that. Uh, that movie was not good. You shut your whore mouth. <laughs> I don't know. Batman versus Superman was fine. It was a jumbled mess, but it was fine. Oh, um, so uh, Justice story. League was all right. It was fun, fun. Fun story. Uh, there was one time after I'd watched Ultimate Edition, I was like, oh, I want to watch Ultimate Edition again. 
So uh, I f- put in my regular Blu-ray disc, which uh, if you have the, the Blu-ray combo pack with the 4K, the 4K is the one that's Ultimate Edition. So I only put in the regular Blu-ray and watched uh, regular Batman versus Superman. I'm like, why is this a narrative Oops. mess? What, like, why is this so bad? <laughs> oops. And I was like, oops, forgot to put in the wrong disc. Oops, I did it again. I watched a bad film. Got lost in the narrative. You're not wrong. But yes, Ultimate Edition fixes a lot of problems with that movie. The unfortunate factor is that it's also three hours. Fucking yikes. That's two movies. I know, right? Uh, I did watch two movies this week that were basically an hour and a half apiece, so I did watch two movies. But regardless, uh, the last trailer is for Queer Eye Season 5. Uh, there's not much to analyze. It's more Queer Eye. I don't know. I didn't watch the fourth season because I think that you said it wasn't that good. Oh, uh, I didn't watch the fourth season either. Oh, maybe you said the third season wasn't that good and I've missed the last two. So here's here's my problem with season three. It just felt like it became eventual self-promotion for everything that the people who were getting made over were doing. Like they, they were doing charities and like, oh, we have this big social event that we want people. And it's like, I get it. Like you want to support these people and their causes, but it's also like, ugh. Like, the first season was super simple. It's like, hey, I want to, you know, invite people over to my house for the first time. I want to come out to my parents. Uh, I want to, you know, uh, impress at a work party. Like, those are all mundane sort of things that, like, are plausible things. And then the third season, it's like, all right, uh, we're here for a church fundraiser. I'm here to, I need to speak at a, a, a charity fundraiser 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 and it's like that's great it's a little too self-serving yeah so i don't know we'll see i'll probably watch season four into season five and then be like yeah it's queer eye hooray hooray they did more of the show all right let's uh let's get into quick hits Uh, this will be a quick, quick hits for me, uh, because I was a career boy. Oh, you weren't, you weren't a career girl? Yeah, we're, we're three career girls from New York. Um, now I, uh, sat down to watch a film called John Henry that I thought looked interesting. (laughs) And also because I, that's like my favorite, like American folktale. Yes. Uh, and then like two minutes of it went by and I was like. I don't have time to be interested in this. Like it, it didn't immediately grab my attention, so I shut it off. Yeah, Colby Mack was not a fan. Yeah. Okay. I saw it was like number two at the time, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Yeah, I saw Colby's reaction. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll skip that one. But that brings me on to something I didn't skip: the wrong Missy. So, um. But why? So this is the latest Happy Madison production. And the but why Uh, is uh, because my coworker was like, oh my God, I watched the wrong missing. I thought it was really funny. 
and, and I, I about fucking serve my two weeks notice right down there. <laughs> and then you had to watch it to see if you had to hate her or not. Well, that that was part one part of it. The other part of it was that we convinced her to watch Never Have I Ever, and she enjoyed it. So it's like, all right, if she enjoyed it, I'm going to give the wrong Missy a fucking shot. Fine. So I watched it. Uh, there are two instances of male rape in the movie. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Basic premise. Uh, David Spade is a 50-year-old looking man uh, who goes on a blind date with a 35-year-old woman uh, who then, who proceeds to torture him. Like, she's, like the, the initial joke is that like she like says, I'm this, this person. He goes up and he's like, uh, there's this massive dude played by Roman Reigns. He's like, that's my wife you're talking to. I'm going to kill you. And then she shows up and she's like, don't kill him. This, uh, it's all a big mistake. Like, And she set him up to get like potentially murdered by this man. It's like a, a blind date icebreaker kind of thing. So uh, she then proceeds to be batshit insane for the rest of the, the date. And he's like, ah, fuck this. I don't want, I don't want any part of this. And leaves. Uh, so three months later, he, uh, he, he's like trying to go to uh, a different place. So he goes to LAX and he runs into this super hot woman and she's like, oh my God, we're totally meant to, to be together forever. And uh, they, they go off to a janitor's closet to fuck and they don't. But he's like, I can't <laughs> stop thinking about this woman. I have a work business trip coming up that takes me to Hawaii because it's a Happy Madison production. You got to go to somewhere fucking extravagant yeah so they can all embezzle a vacation correct for kevin james <laughs> and write it off on their taxes so so he texts this girl whose name is also melissa the the blind date girl was melissa and so, he didn't he didn't uh delete her number out of his phone that is correct that is exactly what happens he texts the wrong melissa the wrong missy so and so and this she is comes like with him. you cannot like i could not buy into this premise because no man would do that. Correct. <laughs> see, see, I have... As I soon have, as you decide you're not going to have sex with somebody, their number is already out of your phone. Well, here's the thing. I don't... Di- I'm, I'm not... I'm fine with him, like, leaving it alone and, like, la- leaving it in there. But you should also put, you know, in parentheses next to it, do not text. Yeah, crazy. Do, do not answer. Yeah, Or, exactly. you know, block that number. Block that number. Anything. Anything at all. Do either. Any of those things are perfectly fine. Or uh, pay somebody who works at your Tiger Zoo $3,000 to drive to Florida and shoot her. So so she shows up uh, and then uh, gives him a deer tranquilizer. Because uh, the funniest, the funniest joke a Happy Madison movie can ever make is always random animal name plus tranquilizer equals hilarious. Uh, so uh, he wakes up uh, about four hours into the flight, and she's been giving him a hand job for forty minutes. Uh yep, yep, yep. Uh, and the other instance of male rape, because uh, this is, that's what this originally was about. Uh, she, uh, like, he is like having a dream about fucking his ex-fiance, who is also there because uh, she left him for somebody else who worked at the company. So he's having this he's having this dream, and apparently he was like, 
giving her the little pokey poke from behind, being like, yes, I want to fuck. So she uh, starts riding on top of him, and he's just like, what are you doing? And she's like, I, we're having sex. And it's just like, kind of played off as like a joke, and it's like, it's not funny. But I guess like, in, misinterpreted signals, whatever, it's fine. That one I'm not as, that one I'm not as like, eh, about. Uh, the, other, the other one on the plane, like the hand job on the plane, it's like, oof, that's a big fucking yikes for me, bud. Q, Q Robin Thick song. <laughs> Blur, I hate these blurred lines. Yeah, I hate these. I no, hate these tan lines. No, no means no. Robin Thick. Correct. Uh, so, uh, the funniest joke of the movie is when uh, Lauren Lapkus is in the bathtub, and he's like, "Can I get you anything? You know, wine, uh, bubbles, uh, a toaster." Uh, and he just says it very nonchalantly, like, oh, yes, I want you to kill yourself with this toaster. I'm like, that is a classic David Spade line from, like, yeah. the Tommy Boy era. Yeah, okay. that's pretty good. That's a good, that's a good line. I yeah. like this. David Spade probably wrote that line. Probably did. He probably ad-libbed it because he was like, oh, wait, the script is garbage. I need to show I'm yeah. still uh, sort of funny. Oh, wait, I need to actually inject a, a joke or two into this. If you remember, there is that that cliff diving scene where she falls off and then hits every bone, like everything, and magically winds up fine. Uh, so I didn't find it funny watching the movie. Uh, and Ashley looked over at me and she was like, "I didn't even watch the trailer and I didn't find that funny." So <laughs> uh, there's that. Uh, Adam Sandler cast his wife in this movie as to be like the main antagonist for some reason. Uh, let me tell you that she is fucking awful she's a terrible actress what uh, that's adam sandler's wife yeah adam sandler's wife is uh the barracuda is what she called herself oh uh she's a she's a rival sales team manager who once pre- promoted the president of oh, sales not not, not the missy Lapkus, no. somebody married adam sandler i know can you believe it i can't believe it either Yabba dabba doo. <laughs> Fucking David Spade looks like a 60-year-old, 12-year-old boy. <laughs> I know. He looks like he's from Tommy Boy. It's like, what are you doing? He like, looks like fucking Jack. Do you remember the movie Jack? No. With uh, Robin Williams, where he has nope. Benjamin Buttons? No. He, like, ages Benjamin super fast. Buttons. He's a fucking, like, he's, like, Eight, but he—he's just like a forty-year-old guy hanging out with other like eight-year-old kids. No, I don't remember. This it's at called all. Jack. Okay. Uh, so so yeah. Uh, there's a talent show portion, which is literally nothing more than just to be a comedic scene. Uh, it's also stupid and unfunny. Uh, mostly, this movie yeah. is very unfunny. Uh, eventually, because this is a movie and you have to have dramatic tension, uh, Lauren Lapkus go, goes from 100 to, like, 20 uh, in, in terms of uh, batshit craziness uh, <laughs> so, to, where, uh, to where she simply I'm, becomes quirky. I'm looking at uh, the IMDb page for this, and I see that Roman Reigns is yes. uh, credited as Tatted Meathead, parentheses, Gary. Yeah, that was the guy who, at the beginning of the movie, David she texts David Spade and's like, "Oh no, blah blah blah." It's a it's a stupid it's a stupid joke, yeah. whatever. And also, uh, Hurley from Lost is credited as guy on plane. So guy apparently plane. he's apparently he's just part of the Happy Madison crew at this point. 
so he, well, it's funny because he, he actually has a movie coming out on Netflix uh, next month that's actually supposed to be super serious and like a performance piece. So like, we'll see about that. But uh, he's just on the plane. And I'm like, man, well, this is another flight to hell because like the, he's going to Hawaii with Lauren Lapkus uh, going going fucking 120 miles an hour into a fucking wall with her performance. It's a Happy Madison movie. You don't expect anything going into these, and you hope to be pleasantly surprised when you walk out of it. And by walk out of it, I mean when the credits roll, you're like, like <laughs> drag your bloated, like beaten corpse out of it. Yeah, you're you're just like I just I just yeah. want this to be enjoyable enough that I had fun, uh, and I'm gonna forget about this tomorrow. I forgot about it tomorrow, uh, today really. Uh, but like, I didn't enjoy myself. Like, uh, it was just too crazy. And then it went like, it scaled itself way down. Like, I I get that we have to like put them together because that's the point of the movie. Like eventually, yes, David Spade and Lauren Lapkus get together. Shocker, everybody. I know I I just spoiled this movie for all of you. I'm sorry, but this was obvious from the get go. And that's the other thing. This movie is obvious. Every plot point is obvious. I mean, the only ob- unobvious thing was that something stupid didn't happen during the talent show. The tagline for this movie is, there's no untexting her now. Uh, and that's about as much originality in this movie as you could ever get. It's ultimately predictable. Uh, David Spade is not very good. Like, he gets a few David Spadey digs in there every now and then when the script finally allows him, like, a second to do it. But otherwise, this is totally taken over by Lauren Lapkus being insane. And for some people, that works. For me, that does not work. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. I'm also not a fan of Adam Sandler casting his wife in this movie uh, in a fairly prominent role when she is a garbage can actress. It's, it's an extra tax break because they file jointly. You can't charge a husband and wife for the same crime. <laughs> Yeah, that's double jeopardy. I think that's how that works. I got the worst <laughs> fucking attorneys. <laughs> we just we just started watching oh, Arrested shit. Development, so uh, again, so that that's fresh in my mind. But yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the wrong Missy gets a one and a half out of five. Yikes! Uh, it's look. Uh, I, I'm sure, like, if you enjoy Happy Madison movies, you'll find something to enjoy out of this too. Yeah. But I told you the best joke of the movie, and it was a throwaway line from David Spade. <laughs> also, if you enjoy Happy Madison movies, uh, hit me up on Twitter and let me know what your favorite flavor of crayon is. <laughs> Look, there's one that I've enjoyed. It's called Grandma's Boy. Everybody should watch it because it features a five-minute scene of Jonah, Jonah Hill sucking on a titty. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's actually quite good. Movies. They. Excellent. That the, the movie is like bottled lightning. Like, they will never get that back. Uh, also stars Linda Cardellini, who, incidentally, is in the other thing that I watched this week, Dead to Me Season 2. I only watched the, the first half of the season just because, like, I don't know. I just did. Uh, but it's lesser dead to me. Like, the first season was, like, this perfect kind of, like, encapsulation of, like, this story. And then in order to keep it going, they were just like, oh, okay, we're going to kill James Marsden's character. So James Marsden's character is dead at the, at the beginning of this 
this season, and uh, Christina Applegate's character did it. So now it's like a reverse, a role reversal between the two characters. So that's interesting to watch it from to a degree because Christina Applegate's character is still a bitch, uh, and she's like a borderline sociopath. Whereas like Linda Cardellini's character is like caring and like obviously is very conflicted about you know having killed Christina Applegate's husband. Uh, by the way, I'm spe- I'm freely spoiling uh, spoiling season one. Uh, if you haven't seen season one by now, uh, you, you don't care enough. But regardless. So it's it's an interesting dichotomy to see it on like with with you know the shoes on the other foot kind of situation, but I don't think it works as well. Like they're both acting really well. It's just the story doesn't hold up. So it has to introduce like more elements to it that you know deepen it beyond like what it, what like because like really to me the surface level story of Linda Cardellini hit uh, Christine Applegate's husband with her car and now she's trying to cover it up. And also try to, like, make amends by being her friend. That was a good enough, you know, A storyline to get through. With this season, I don't feel like the reversal is a good enough A storyline to get it through. So it has to layer, like, four or five things underneath it to prop it up. And it doesn't make it as good. I'm down a fucking IMDb rabbit hole about Grandma's Boy. Uh, the actress whose titty that Jonah Hill sucked on for like 15 minutes in that movie, uh, her name is Heidi Hawking. Uh, she has been an actress in six films, uh, and she's never played a character that had a name. Is it always just Big Titty Girl? Uh, her character in Grandma's Boy was Milkmaid. Uh, she was in a movie called Pucked as Hockey Girl. Uh, she was in a film called Domino as Entertainer, uncredited. Uh, she was in What's Up Rockers as Stripper. Uh, she was in Entourage as Stripper. And she was in The Weekend Flash as Weather Girl. <laughs> I mean, she knows her role. She just does it. <laughs> so good for her. Oh, uh, shit. I'm now looking at the very good photo of Jonah Hill uh, with his very curly hair and chubby cheeks uh, with her sitting on his lap. I think that was before Superbad, too. It's 2006. I think Superbad was 2007. Yeah. Fuck, that's wild. Yeah. Just seeing a piece of history. So, yeah. Uh, I'm not ready to rate Dead to Me yet, mainly because I haven't finished the season, but uh, I will probably finish it by the time we hit next week's episode. So, be ready for that. I will look forward to it. That said, uh, based off of what I'm seeing, this show is still good. You should still be watching it. If you haven't seen the first season uh, and you completely ignored everything else I said about the show, good for you. I'm proud of you. Uh, Watch the show. All right. Well, uh, why don't we cut into a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about our feature review, The Lovebirds. I'm Nick. I'm Justin. And I'm Brian. We are the Epic Film Guys. We want to let you know that the fourth annual live stream for The Cure is only a couple weeks away. Every single dollar raised goes to the Cancer Research Institute to help us fight for a future immune to cancer, and once again, donations will be doubled. 
Join us May 27th through the 31st for 48 hours of content from creators around the world. Please help us spread the word so we can smash our goal of $10,000. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com to make an early donation and to learn more about the event. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to get into our main review topic of the week, which is The Lovebirds, which is a new action comedy crime film from Netflix. Uh, this was directed by Michael Showalter, written by Aaron Abrams and Brendan Gall. Uh, stars Issa Rae and Kamel Nanjiani. This is a 6 out of 10 on IMDb. And uh, it's an hour and 26 minutes, so. Uh, you're forgetting one piece, key piece of information, and it's that uh, Paramount optioned this to Netflix per their deal. Yeah, it was weird seeing the Paramount, like, fucking logo star mountain thing swirling around. Yeah. Uh, on a Netflix thing, so. Yeah, because we didn't even get that for Cloverfield Paradox, did we? Because Cloverfield is a Paramount. I don't remember. I've excised that movie from my brain. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I will ask you. I will defer to you this time. Uh, give me your hot take on the Lovebirds. It's fine. Um, both of the leads are charming enough. Uh, the, the plot is nothing original, but uh, it's it it works. I don't know. It works as a movie. Yeah. So uh, over the weekend, I decided to post uh, a, a joke, if you will, uh, about this movie, and it's uh. In impossibly sim like, I've never seen Date Night the movie, uh, starring Steve Carell and Tina Fey from 2010. Never seen it, but I know enough of the plot beats that I'm like, this movie is borrowing heavily from that movie, uh, and others, many others like it. Some people were very upset with me for saying such things, uh, to which I said, "It's a joke. Uh, fucking stop being so taking this so seriously. Uh, overall, like you're not wrong." This movie is fine-ish. I don't think it's bad by any by any stretch of the imagination. Like the plot works for the most part. I do think that it's still dumb decisions. The movie, because like a lot of dumb decisions are made and then compounded on one another in order to advance the plot, and that's fine because most of the time that's what comedy movies are. I agree with you that the leads are charming. But I also find they have no chemistry, which can be explained away by the general plot of the movie. But otherwise, I never saw why they were together in the first place, because it felt like they had nothing there between them. All right, that's our review. Um, stick around for... <laughs> no, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's um, that whole like relationship setup part at the beginning was awkward, because they were like, oh, I should leave now. Yeah. And then the other one was like, but I don't know, maybe we should grab breakfast or something. And then uh, the other one was like, oh, I should put your number on my phone. And then like, she's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not giving you my phone number. And then the next scene is her putting the number in the phone. Yeah. And it's like, but you just said you wouldn't. But that's comedy. 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of those weird things where it's like, I, I guess this is supposed to be funny and charming and showing they have chemistry, but like, I never got that. It's like, this is the scene where it's supposed to be like, here's where they show like their infatuation with each other, and here, like, and there's a strict dichotomy, uh, which is my new favorite word, by the way, uh, between this scene of them forming their relationship and this scene. Uh, two minutes later, which is basically them having the stupidest fight in the fucking world about whether or not they would win the amazing race together. Like, there's supposed to be a dichotomy, but like, I never felt like they had actual chemistry between them during the infatuation period. It was always just like, oh, this is super stifled. I don't like this. Like, the, they they don't seem to actually be attracted to each other. It just feels like two actors on the screen as opposed to like a real couple. I couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, thanks, friend. That makes me feel so happy. See, that's more chemistry than than these two showed in this movie. Yeah, and it's like we finish each other's... Water. But that's how you get coronavirus, Dan. Oh, oh no. Is there... So, I guess we can talk about the first 30 minutes kind of spoiler-free-ish, spoiler because it's the first 30 minutes of a movie, like... They're relatively spoiler-free. Also, it's, like, the direct setup. So, like, they have this fight about the Amazing Race, which, like, at first I was like, oh, that's kind of super cute. They're, the, they're, like, only fighting about, like, the Amazing Race, which is something so implausibly stupid that, like, it, it has no bearing on their relationship. And then from there, you just watch their relationship descend into complete chaos and then uh, complete defusal. It's something that's so banal and stupid that myself and my wife might fight over it. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Uh, no. I was going to say. Not really. I, I was like, really? You've never talked about The Amazing Race before. I'm surprised at you. Well, yeah. She'll get really mad at me because I had strong opinions of it and had never seen it. <laughs> I understand that reference. Uh, Ashton and I talked about it, and we were both like, we would uh, 100% lose the first time. Like, we'd be the first ones eliminated from the amazing race. There's no question about it. We'd be awful. Uh, but then uh, they they get their car. Uh, well, they're driving along, and uh, they hit a bicyclist, who then is like, uh, fuck this, I'm out of here. Uh, and then they get their car uh, taken over by a, a man claiming he's a police officer. Do you remember where you've seen this man from? Hmm. Uh, I don't think I've seen this man. It's incorrect. Uh, he doesn't look too familiar uh, because you don't like this show. It's not your speed. But uh, he is Tom Yates from House of Cards. I don't remember that character. Uh, he's the, the writer, basically. Uh, who, who's writing memoirs and shit. It's, uh, he, he's a, an interesting character, but not one that you're likely to remember if, like you, you, you checked out after a certain period of time. Yeah, uh, no, no clue there. Sure. But yeah, uh, he claims to be a police officer, runs over the bicyclist, catches up to the bicyclist, runs him over a million times, and then uh, two uh, over-exaggerated white people show up, and they're like, who are... Yeah. My least favorite characters? Uh, they are credited as Mr. Hipster and Mrs. Hipster. <laughs> Alright, that's a pretty good joke. And they show up and they're like, we're going to call the cops. And then uh, that uh, such begins the hijinks of the movie. 
uh, I'll be honest. I was in uh, uh, up until the hipster showed up. When the hipster showed up, that's that's the part of the movie where I was like, oh, oh, this is this is gonna this is gonna descend horribly, isn't it? And uh, <laughs> kind of did. I don't know. I don't really know what else to say about this. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, there, there's some spoilery stuff I want to talk about. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about any spoilery stuff, but, uh, um, I don't know. Like I said, they're, they're fairly charming. Uh, the movie works for what it is. Um, but it's, it's very derivative and predictable and not great. Yeah. I agree with every single word. Uh, I would give this a three out of five. Yeah, I'm going two and a half. Okay. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like... no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play the... bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. So, uh, you know, they do the things, they, uh, they break into someone else's apartment, uh, they watch Guy kill people, uh, and then it turns out Guy is actually a cop, which was arguably the, I would say shocking, but then it was like, the, the guy driving the car is 100% the guy who has been running around murdering people. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, it's it's super predictable. And also, like, the script is, like, doesn't feel natural. It's highly scripted. Like, and, and I know that sounds stupid to say, but, like, there's no natural feel to it. It's just like, oh, this is a line on the page. Now this is a line on the page. Now this is a line on the page. It's like, eh. There's no real natural flow to this. It's just like, there there's a conversation at one point that's just, like, dropping pop culture references left, right, and center all the time it's like eh, that's not how people talk yeah um i don't know there's uh there's like an illuminati sex cult in the movie that yeah. was like probably the most interesting part yeah it's like all of a sudden it's like hey here's here's like weird like cuckoo shit happening it's like oh i didn't think this was going to be a part of this movie but that's fine yeah. We also get Anna Camp in there, uh also saying that she wants to throw throw uh, bacon grease on their face. Yeah. And then uh Camille in, in instead gets hit by a, a horse, kicked by a horse, which uh I don't know if you caught the the scene in the convenience store when they're trying to get new clothes, but they're shooting him from like the nipples up. Because they don't want to show how jacked he is from uh, having to do the new Marvel movie that he's the Eternals. That's it. Oh yeah, which is uh, interesting. The fuck is the Eternals? Good question. I actually don't know. <laughs> but it's a movie. They brought out like nine people on the stage on the stage, and they're like, "Look, these are all the people that are going to be in Eternals." And I'm like, "The fuck is that?" But people are excited for it because it's a Marvel movie. Yeah. Marvel movies are a thing. Yeah. Black Widow will come out sometime. <laughs> uh, it it probably won't be good. But people will go see it anyway. 
Yeah, and they'll talk about how revolutionary it was that we finally got a female superhero. Stop predicting news articles from later this year. <laughs> I'm not predicting predicting shit. I'm saying that's that's what it's going to be. I know, I know. Ultimately, they get back together. Shock and awe. I can't believe it fucking happened. Who who would have believed that a movie about a couple whose relationship is on the rocks uh, ends with them getting back together? How brave. I wouldn't have seen that coming at all from the very first line of the script. Is there anything else? Do you, you want to talk about anything else about this movie? I am, I am fresh uh, out of things. I don't know. I just want to talk about the fucking Illuminati cult. Because the plot revolves around, like, uh, the reason this guy got killed was because of a blackmail plot against a senator mm-hmm. who's part of this uh, fucking cult. They all go and wear Plague Doctor max- masks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, some, like, they all have, like, auction paddles with numbers on them. And some people's numbers get called and they go up and fuck on a big round bed. And, uh, they're like, hey, there's outsiders here because this uh, dead person's phone was used to enter here because they have like secret phones that are encoded to them. Mm-hmm. So they're like, everybody take off your masks. And like, I was like, oh, like they're going to be the only ones that take off their masks. And then they're the only ones that take off their mask. And then the cult guy's like, a true member would know we never take off our masks. And it's like, well, thanks <laughs> thanks for pandering to to me, a person who can figure things out, movie. Yeah. I feel like the cult's one of those things where it's like, there's so many questions about it that like the movie thought it was funny to leave them unanswered. Yeah, it it just has plot beats that are, like, not strung together by any connective tissue. Yeah. It's like, oh, we, we like, the the Illuminati house could have been replaced by literally anything, and it would have served yeah. the exact same purpose. I'm, I'm fucking done with this movie. I'm, sure. I'm changing mine to a two and a half. I'm mad now. <laughs> Okay, uh, double two and a half from the Netflix and Swill guys. So, uh, with that, Caleb, uh, we're going to stop talking about the lovebirds and talk about uh, something a little bit more wholesome. Uh, a Patreon requested a review from Ashley for Tu Wong Fu. Uh, thanks for everything. Oh, God. I don't know the title. Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar, that's it. Uh, yeah, she was Catwoman. I, I forgot about that entirely until they brought it up in the movie. Let's be clear. She was a better Catwoman than Michelle Pfeiffer. Hot take! Jesus! <laughs> I don't know. I really like the old fucking Batman show. It's just... It's stupid. I love it. The old Batman... Oh, fucking, I'm, uh, I'm actually looking at a picture of Julie Newmar right now. Because uh, Ashley has like a sort of poster of uh, Catwoman, the Riddler, uh, the Joker, and the Penguin. You know, the Joker with yeah. his painted over mustache. Wasn't, uh, well, wasn't fucking, um, oh, what's his name? Adam West? Burt Ward? No, no. Um, the Penguin, it was uh, the guy who played Mickey in Rocky, I think. Uh, 
I'm looking at it from this angle, and it could be. Uh, Burgess Meredith? Yes. Was that him? Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at the po. It doesn't have names on the poster. All I'm, all he I'm also is- was uh, in Clash of the Titans. He was uh, Zeus. I think he was Zeus. Fuck, it's been a long time since I've seen that. I might just be making shit up at this point. I don't know. I'm kind of... I've had a few. That's fair. Uh, yes, we'll be back with uh, To Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Julie Newmar. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast. Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast. Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. The IMDB Journey podcast. Julio from the Contrarians podcast. Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast. Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back. Dan, it's time to get into our patron review for the week. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the Patron Review segment. And Ashley gave us the film Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, from 1995. Uh, This is a comedy-drama film uh, directed by Beban Kidron, written by Douglas Carter Bean, and it stars Blade, Ghost, and Luigi Mario. I was actually just hoping you would call him the pest. (laughs) Uh, This is a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, which, uh, spoilers, I think it's uh, underloved because I quite liked this. Sure. Uh, I know Ashley quite loves this as well. Uh, This is apparently a movie she's seen a lot as a kid. So, uh, in in fact, she said she first saw this uh, when it came out when she was eight. Uh, to which I had to remind her she was born in 1983, which is actually you make her 12. <laughs> I thought it was weird. The uh, like whenever you watch it on Netflix, it it brings up the the rating, um, and it said this was rated PG-13 for uh, men in drag and brief spousal abuse. Yeah. Those are some weird things for to make it a, a PG thirteen movie, but like, yeah, it's also twenty five years ago. Like, it's not one of those movies that, like, back in the nineties, uh, when we weren't in a very famous TV show, eh, drag wasn't like well relatively accepted. I guess like nowadays, it's like drags everywhere. Like, you have RuPaul's Drag Race, you have AJ and the Queen, you have other stuff like that. That's like, yeah, putting more broad appeal on you know. And putting a, like a, a broader lens on drag. 
like we've talked about like several different drag like uh films and shows on this show before and like uh i don't know like obviously i'm not part of that culture i just mm-hmm. i don't know I, I find it fascinating like i don't know i just i like the vibe you know of sure. like self-reliance and uh you know fuck everybody this is this is who i am and you know nothing's gonna change that um i don't know it's always uh inspiring to see that right i, I really dug aj and the queen and uh i don't know i kind of um put this in the same sort of wheelhouse as the birdhouse uh which i fucking love the birdhouse i i like this a bit less like i'm not um like i'm not as dj jazzy jeff about this as i am about that sure but uh but i'm definitely gonna revisit this and it might grow on me more yeah um i don't know like not being a part of the drag culture, it feels like this movie, for the most part, is relatively respectful, especially when you view it from a 2020 lens, considering this was made in 1995. Like, this feels like it was ahead of its time in terms of progressive, it's, progressiveness. Right, right. It's it's not exploitative of it. It's uh, a celebration of yeah. drag culture. And I mean, you got Wesley Snipes. You have uh, Patrick Swayze and you have John Leguizamo, all three who I, I, I'm fairly sure are straight, uh, playing gay men dressed as women, and it doesn't feel like it's in poor taste, which, like, nowadays it would definitely feel like if you get any of those kind of, like, if you get someone of their stature doing this, it would feel like it's almost like making fun of it. Yeah. Fuck. Now I'm <laughs> now I'm trying to imagine the fucking happy Madison version of this. No, don't do that. What's wrong with you? I'm a very pretty lady. These are my big boobies. Oh my god, no. No, you're ruining drag for everybody now. Oh shit. You you know Adam Sandler listens to this podcast and he's like, I just got a great idea. <laughs> he probably does. He was probably like waiting for us to talk about the wrong Missy for some sort of validation. What do these motherfuckers think of my movie? I thought the movie was pretty good. Okay, let's be clear here. Adam Sandler, I, I'm fairly sure, is self-aware enough to know that he makes just garbage can movies. It's just people keep paying yeah. to see them. Yeah, because he is a charlatan. Yes. Uh, back to this. I want to talk about RuPaul's cameo in this as uh, the greatest drag name of all time, Rachel Tensions, uh, where yeah. RuPaul is a, a, a black man uh, dressed as a woman uh, with a Confederate flag dress called Rachel Tensions. That was very, very good. Drag names are my favorite thing about drag culture. I I can't believe how good some of their fucking names are. And, and I think the best part is their puns, but they're like less obvious puns. Like it took Ashley a bit to understand Rachel tensions. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying she's an idiot. I'm just saying like, it feels like it's like, if you're not like looking for the pun immediately, you're missing it entirely. Yeah. The fucking, uh, 
fucking sequined confederate flag dress is the best fucking like that is the fucking master stroke oh my god uh the the other part of this movie that i thought was uh insensitive but hilarious was after after the sheriff goes looking for the you know our three main characters He's like, where do I find, where to find gay people? And he has like a list of where you find yeah. gay people. It's Flower like shops. Ballet uh, school. Yeah, ballet school. Uh, antique stores. And I'm like, that's horribly insensitive. But it's also oh, kind of fucking hilarious because it's like he's ignorant and he has no idea where you actually find gay people, which is, uh, spoiler alert, everywhere. Gay people are everywhere. Yeah, like if if you know four people, you know a gay person. I'm looking through the uh, IMDb uh, cast list for this movie, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to point out another good good drag name, Hedda Lettuce. Oh my god! <laughs> Ooh, Caleb, did you catch the Hedy Lamar cameo? I did. I'm glad it's Headley because I also said it's Headley immediately after <laughs> I, after I caught that. Hedy Lamar actually isn't in the movie. She's she's just a photo. It's just a picture. But regardless, I still had to say it. Okay. I'm I'm getting lost in another fucking rabbit hole cuz now I've just googled most clever drag queen names and uh I'm a very big fan of Sharon Needles. Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like the the general plot is that uh both Oh god, and I I can't remember their drag names now. It's Vita something. And, uh, oh, God. What is Wesley Snipes? Because that's all they're introduced uh, as. Like, Noxima. Noxima. So they're, they're only introduced as those characters. Like, they, they, they don't have other names. Like, you, you, like, actually, that's not true, because Patrick Swayze's name, we find out, is actually Eugene, because they drive through his hometown. But regardless. Yeah, and it's, and it's funny, because, like, um, him and Wesley Snipes' character, like, they had been friends, like, presumably for quite some time and uh he's like yeah my my driver's license says eugene and uh noxim is just like fucking eugene <laughs> it's uh it's very funny but uh oh god somebody's drag name is penetration stop 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 <laughs> stop I, i'm gonna have to soon take away the thing i said about drag names being clever puns because these are just off <laughs> miss tess tickle <laughs> oh my god so yeah uh they <laughs> noxie manvita win uh co-win uh miss drag queen new york and then uh are sent are given two plane tickets to uh go cross country to Los Angeles to compete in Miss Drag USA. Uh, however, there's a, a young drag queen uh, by the name of Chichi Rodriguez, who is uh, very sad that she didn't win. So in, in order to lift up her spirits, they, they take her with them uh, on a cross country tour in a busted up Cadillac. It kind of just becomes the story of them stopping in a small town and changing everybody's backwards ass uh fucking opinions about everything, I guess. Yeah, kind of. 
I, I think the thing that's interesting about that, though, is that except for like one or two people in the town, no one knows that they're they're men in reality. Like everyone's just like, oh, they're women. They're just like boisterous women. And it's like, no, uh, uh, Rizzo. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Carol Ann, who uh, shockingly played Rizzo in Greece. I, I didn't realize that until Ashley was down, down her uh, IMDb rabbit hole herself. But uh, she's like, no, I saw the Adam's apple. I knew you were men the whole time. So, I mean, maybe the rest of the town wasn't stupid enough to find out, but I don't know. But it, it was interesting just watching them be treated as, you know, people. As opposed to, like, look at the drag queen. Oh, drag queen, drag queen. Everywhere a drag queen. Except for that sheriff. That fucking Sheriff Dullard. Yeah, and then... Fucking... It was so weird. He was, like, sitting at the bar with his fucking, like, confiscated shoes. And he's, like, fucking two guys touching each other, smelling their musky cologne. And it's, like... Okay. Ashley is sitting next to me and she's like, is he gay? Like, because they're playing it off as like, he's going to discover that he is gay. Like, thinking about all this stuff. Like, he's going to come to this sudden realization that he is, in fact, a closeted homosexual. And that this is something he's wanted. But they never really explore that. It's just like, he's an asshole. Which is fine. Like, and I I respect that. But it, it was just weird how they were playing that. Yeah. Um <laughs> fucking other guys at the bar just like fucking really uncomfortable as he is uh muttering to himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh as for the brief spousal of you abuse, we have Virgil who uh beats his wife Carol Ann because she puts spice in something. The stew. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, I was like, oh, that's right. White people don't spice things. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's true. I only recently learned about the spice life and now I can't quit it. Yeah. I only like bland food and I'm going to, the other day I accidentally ate some black pepper and struck my wife. (laughs) I don't know why I laughed at that. That was not the, the appropriate thing to laugh at. But yeah, like <laughs> no. he, he beats his wife over spicing food and it's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I, I'm glad that Patrick Swayze uh, channeled his inner roadhouse and then kicked the shit out of that guy. Yeah, yeah, fuck. He did go full roadhouse. In drag, too. That's the That's the best part. Yeah, it was very good. So yeah, uh, ultimately it kind of plays out like a Queer Eye episode where like they improve the lives of everyone in in the town, like on a grander scale, of course, but like they improve yeah. the lives of everyone in the town and like everyone feels better about themselves. Well, like, I don't know. They, um, they take all the women in town out and like do a whole makeover sequence, but like while they're doing that, like it's, it's like just silly and frivolous, but like also... Like, they're improving the community. Like, everybody is hanging out and talking to each other. And, like, they hadn't been doing that before. Right. And they're empowering the women, too. Like, they actually feel yeah. like they can be themselves as opposed to just, like, eh, we're we're dirty people. Like, we wear flannel all the time. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's good. Yes. Yeah. 
it's a very like positive movie overall and like i like that they don't shy away from showing scary things happen like the fucking there's like an implied like intent of all these fucking weird dudes in the town to like gang rape miss chichi yep and uh she gets saved by like one of the other dudes there and uh those guys end up getting their fucking comeuppance because uh fucking Wesley Snipes grabs one of them by the dick and like twists it until he learns how to respect women yeah which is something that you should do to all young men uh also it talks about like how you know basically uh what the hell was that guy's name Bobby Ray, Bobby Ray was like yeah. kind of infatuated with Chi Chi and was, and they're talking about like, look, you you can't, you can't lie to this guy. Like he thinks you're a woman. Yeah. Like you, you got it. You got to be upfront. Yeah. With like, be you're, like you're, you're basically guy. catfishing him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, that's also a positive message. Cause like Chi Chi's like trying to like, be like, no, fuck that. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do whatever and make him gay. I, I don't actually think he says make She says make him gay, but like, it, it it's kind of implied in that kind of way, but then the then Chi Chi comes to her senses and like no 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 you should be out you should be going out with Bobby Lee because that's like who's really interested in you and you're straight so you know I I can't be I can't do this to you because it's not fair. Mm, it it's it's teetering teetering on being something that I dislike about the movie because it like it kind of falls into the stereotype of the the predatory gay male who is gonna sure. like corrupt the youth of fucking white America and and make them all gay, but... What was that Brazilian animated drag show? Fucking Super Drags. Super Drags. I had drags. a huge problem with that. Yeah, which which did a yeah. similar kind of thing. Yeah, because the, there was a, a passed out guy that, like, fucking uh, drag queen starts grabbing his dick, and I was like, alright, well, I'm not gonna watch this show anymore, because... That's really not okay. Right. But I'm I'm glad they taught the lesson. Like, no, that's not something you do. You be honest with people. You tell them up front what, what's going on. Adam's apples, Dan. Adam's apples. I mean, that's how Rizzo finds out. So yeah. To me, I don't want to say it's harmless. I think it. I think it instills some positive messages. Uh, it does do like there are some harmful characters, but they're always derided for being harmful characters. So. The positives to that, but uh, I enjoyed myself. I'm, I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. I'm going to give it a four out of five. Look at you, you and Bubby in sync. Good job. Now, now I like a Patrick Swayze movie. <laughs> we actually now we have to get Nick to watch this. Actually, that's what this comes down. Yeah. To. And I don't think he was bad in this either. I actually thought he was pretty no. enjoyable. Yeah, he was perfectly fine. Yeah. It's it's weird to me that his two best roles are a a drag queen and b a pedophile. <laughs> All right, uh, that is our review of Tu Wong Fu. Uh, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Next week on the show, uh, it's live stream for the Cure Time this weekend. I'm going to have very little time to do anything. So, uh, as opposed to doing a full main review topic, what's going to happen is we're going to do, you know, news, downstream, quick hits, all the other stuff at, at the front. 
And then it's going to be our 45-minute segment of uh, our cautionary tale of Netflix for Undercover Grandpa. And that's the episode. That's, that's episode 199. I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be a relatively light week for us, but regardless, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, you can find us at NetflixandSwill.com. Uh, Apple Podcasts us at Netflix and Swill. Uh, leave us a review, please. That'd be very nice of you. I'd very much appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media, at Netflix and Swill everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Easy peasy. And uh, if you don't use Apple Podcasts, find us on uh, your podcatcher that you're listening to us on. I don't know how you got to this podcast this podcast without being on a podcatcher and finding our show, but uh, if you did it, I'm proud of you somehow. Yeah. Good job. You did it. You you could see the matrix. I can see he's beginning to believe. <laughs> uh Fuck you. Fuck you, Paul. That movie's bad. Get ready for the Matrix 4. It's going to be a piece of garbage. Yeah, just like all the other three <laughs> movies. Huh, here's a good drag name. Fibonacci Sequins. That is good. That's very good. That's very good. That's much better than Sharon Needles. Thank you for imparting that terrible name onto me forever and ever. <laughs> How about Dixie Normus? Die. You, you struck out. It's over. <laughs> How about Jenny from the cock? Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.